Packers all the time. Matt LaFleur has to do more to make it better for him. That said, he did, uh, Jordan Love did not play well enough last night. And that's what happens with first-year starters. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically them. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. <laughs> it's Jason Wildey on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Also sponsored by Century Foods. Win two tickets to see Green Bay host Kansas City on Sunday, December 3rd. Compliments of Century Foods. Find the weekly code on Century's Facebook or Instagram and enter to win. Brad in the 507 weighing in saying, Jen, make sure you get there plenty early, depending on where you're going to be. Meat raffles fill up super fast, and then you'll be standing. Keep giving me your advice on surviving my very first meat raffle this Saturday. Jason. Have you ever been to a meat raffle? No, but I can't wait to hear all about yours. <laughs> <laughs> I told the guys I'm nervous because I don't know what to expect. And uh, famously, anyone who knows me knows I'm a bit of a control freak. And going into an environment no. where I don't know. I know. No. 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 That's not true. How could you say such a thing? Uh, so not knowing what to expect is giving me a little bit of anxiety. But our loyal listeners have been coming through for the last 20 minutes with their suggestions and advice and encouragement for me to survive my first meat raffle. Let me ask you this, is Jason. There a, oh, go ahead. Is there a specific meat you've got your eye on? <laughs> it is always and will always be my husband, Dario. <laughs> But besides that, uh, well, that was gross. Chewy <laughs> thinks. <laughs> Chewy thinks. I was looking more for filet, <laughs> pork, filet mignon. Chewy thinks that I should go for the pork chops. Why does that? Is that not the most? Is that not popular? Do you like have the best chance to win? I don't know, Jason. I was in Iowa a little while ago. I don't know why, but I got pork chops, and I'm telling you, they were outstanding. You're hooked on the pork chops. I love a good pork chop. Plus, they're cheap, too. You can get... There it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See? That's what I think. (laughs) Jason, let me ask you a question. Is fixing the Packers' offense as easy as adding Aaron Jones back to the lineup? Uh, No, but being significantly better and probably winning some of the games they lost uh, while still having some of the same issues is possible, right? Like, look, is is Jordan Love still going to have to improve his timing, his accuracy, his decision-making? I noticed Matt LaFleur crept very close to the line the other day when we were talking to him uh, toward the indecisive equals ineffective, but, which I always uh, like to cite that he has been saying about Jordan for the first three years. You're seeing more and more of him... Uh, avoiding questions about uh, what Jordan's not doing and emphasizing his poise and his leadership again, which I think is noteworthy. Um, I think Luke Musgrave is still going to run a wrong route. I still think that guys are going to drop passes. But the thing about Aaron Jones, and, and John Runyon said it yesterday, he's their best player, which I wasn't expecting John Runyon to say that straight out, but he did, uh, and it's true. And when you have your best player, you're better. And I would argue that he covers up some of those, some of those same warts would still be there, but they would not be as noticeable as they've been while he's been out. 
Jason, does the signing of James Robinson this past week all but spell the end for A.J. Dillon in Green Bay? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think we got to be really careful about this uh, making too big of a deal out of uh, the James Robinson arrival, you know, because he, no doubt he had a 1,000-yard season as an undrafted rookie. He was one of the league's best stories. What was that 2020? I can't remember what year that was. I think it was 2020. Um, and, and he has done it in the league. He also had 40 catches that year. Like, he was a good player as a rookie for Jacksonville. And then in 2021, he ruptures his Achilles. He's bounced around ever since. Uh, they signed him to the practice squad. They needed a running back after Patrick Taylor basically said, hey, thanks for the three game day elevations and the very brief uh, 53-man roster appearance, but uh, I'm going to try and find something else instead of coming back to the practice squad. Um, so they needed a running back on the practice squad, and, and James Robinson had worked out for them a couple weeks ago. So there's a little bit, I think, in terms of reaction, a fantasy football. Oh, hey, I remember I picked that guy up in 2020, and he was really good for me uh, kind of a thing. Maybe. I mean, maybe he comes in and they elevate him and he gets more opportunities. I would say that this reiterates what we talked about on this show coming out of training camp. I was wrong about Emmanuel Wilson not making the team and being a practice squad quality player. I think they felt like after he led the NFL in rushing in preseason that if they cut him, he was going to end up somewhere else. But, like, with the way... A.J. Dillon has been largely ineffective. Uh, you would have thought that Emmanuel Wilson would have merited, hey, let's take a look at this guy. We don't have Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon's not doing it for us. Patrick Taylor's been the, on the practice squad, and he's on special teams. You know, Let's give the ball to Emmanuel and see what he can do. And they haven't done that. Uh, Lafleur was asked about using him yesterday, and Lafleur basically gave the same speech he gave during training camp about being able to protect, pass protect and play special teams if you're active. So uh, I, I just, I think they're kind of searching at running back and that's why again, Aaron Jones coming back is such a colossal important thing. Jason Wilde hanging out with us here on Jen, Gabe and Chewy in advance of the Packers game against the Broncos this weekend. John Runyon Jr. had some interesting things to say at his locker yesterday. Jason, this question has an audio clip. Everybody keeps talking that we're young, but really I don't think that's an excuse. Uh, I think we're slowly developing and finding our identity. This is a way different team than we had. Uh, in my, this is my fourth year. The first three years, really veteran-led. You know, lean on those guys, but this year we got a really young, really young squad, a lot of playmakers, uh, kind of different offense too, kind of get the ball out in space and see what these young kids can do with it. And you know, that's exciting. That's kind of what football is going to now. And I think kind of looking at like Miami, kind of their offense, I feel like our offense can and will have shades of that going forward. So I like the direction it's going and it just makes for you know entertaining offense. That, of course, is exciting to a lot of people because the Dolphins offense has at times looked unbeatable, has been unbeatable until they were beaten. Um, what do you think he was referring to? Do you think he just means the style of play, the scheme for the Packers is resembling that of the Dolphins, Jason? 
Yeah, Matt LaFleur said he was going to steal stuff from other teams. I guess he must have stolen some stuff from Miami. <laughs> huh. Right? Like, kill? That, 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 that is what he said. And him and Mike McDaniel are good buddies, so I wouldn't even be surprised if he uh, made a call to Mike and said, hey, what do you got that you think could help us? Um, I, look, that's great and all. Uh, certainly they do have young, inexperienced, inconsistent talent. Like, you know, I, I, Luke Musgrave was in a hurry yesterday. I said, hey, can you, can you give us a couple minutes tomorrow? Because I really want to talk to him about what his first five NFL games have been like. Uh, Rob Domofsky, our buddy, uh, pointed this out to LaFleur in a question earlier this week about, or maybe it was before the, the, the buy started, that, um, you know, what, the way Luke Musgrave looked in training camp, that it looked like he was going to have 40 catches by now. I mean, that's how much, uh, you know, everybody was ranting and raving about how great he was. And uh, one astute observer on this panel Chewy. said, uh, excuse me, uh, that tight end is really hard to play in the NFL, especially for young guys. And I think we've seen that. So I guess when John Runyon makes that comment, he's looking at how Christian Watson can get on the field and how Luke Musgrave is looks like a beast as a tight end and how Jaden Reed on jet sweeps has shown ability and Romeo Dobbs has some, obviously has talent and can be a good, but here's the thing. None of them have shown that they can do any of these things consistently Mm -hmm. yet. And until they can, they're not going to, I mean, you know, do I think it's a great comp to make the week you're playing the team that gave up 70 to the dolphins? Um, no, I think it's probably the safer play to say, well, we think that was an anomaly and this defense has some really good talent in the back end and all that kind of those platitudes. But look, if, if they start to look more like Miami and they take some of those, uh, concepts that Mike McDaniel is using and they're able to use some of the speed that they have, then yeah, there's a good chance that they can, you know, have some success offensively, but I'm sorry. I'll believe it when I see it. Jason, where are we at with Walker, Campbell, and uh, Stokes? Campbell's not going to play. LaFleur said he was doubtful. Uh, I was not anticipating him even answering me, but the way I phrased the question was, uh, did he have a setback? Because I think there was the hope that he would be back practicing after the bye. So no Campbell. Uh, Everybody else practiced in some form or fashion. Uh, So I think they feel good about – Quay Walker being back, I'm I'm eager to see, you know, if if they activate Stokes or when they activate Stokes, what exactly his role might be. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to upset the apple cart. I think they like if they're going nickel, uh, having a very clear cut pecking order of Keyshawn Nixon in the slot and Alexander and Russell Douglas on the outside. So I don't. I don't think that's a position, as you well know, where you rotate guys in during the mm-hmm. course of a game. Uh, maybe if they play some dime, they would play him, I guess, and they could move Jair or Rasul inside because Eric Stokes is largely an outside corner. I, I don't know what their plan is there, but you know they are relatively healthy, and that's what's supposed to happen coming out of the bye. But what sucks for them is now they've got 12 straight weeks of games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there was uh, one group of teams that had an even earlier buy, or maybe two groups of teams that had earlier buys, but 
remember, this was when they could have had their buy last year coming out of London, and they intentionally turned it down because they thought it was too early. So it's going to be – this is one more challenge that a young team faces because now they've got five games in, and now they're going to play – the equivalent of a college season without any break from here on out for a lot of young guys. And I think that's going to be a challenge. He's Jason Wilde. You can, of course, hear him on Wilde and Tausch right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy each and every morning here on ESPN Milwaukee. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you. Good luck with your meets. Thank and you. And with Dario. <laughs> Walker Campbell and Stokes sounds like a uh, firm a that you would firm? use for litigation, Chew. When you said it, I was like, oh, Walker Campbell and Stokes. Um it's interesting what John Runyon said about the Dolphins. And I feel like if you are watching this team and you recognize that they do need to make some tweaks, they do need to kind of reinvigorate that offense, I think I'd feel optimistic knowing that they were going to take some tips and maybe plays from what Mike McDaniel is doing there. But also it could be that they're lying to themselves because things are not going well. We will debate that right after this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Yes, that would have been much worse finally than what got, ended up happening. Finally got the which would be worse and what would be better. Finally yes. we figured it out. You can't just be showing your junk on national TV. It would have got a lot of clicks. On 94.5 ESPN. Keep getting us your tips for my very first meat raffle. That I will be attending on Saturday. Never been, a little nervous, kind of intimidated. Sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Lots of folks weighing in with their reactions. We'll get to that as the show rolls on. But Chu, I want to get to what we were just discussing about John Runyon talking about how this offense can have shades of the Dolphins moving forward. I don't think we need to hear from Runyon again. But basically the idea was that there are, because they're young, they can look like the Dolphins. Your reaction when you saw that Runyon said that this Packers team could be like the Dolphins going forward? Uh, I mean, we always, uh, teams always steal stuff from other teams, but they usually bury it down the line somewhere. So if we, say, took something from Arizona Cardinals, we wouldn't run it the next week. We'd let it kind of die down and then bring it up um, a couple weeks down the line. I, I, I have a hard time believing that McDaniels is going to hand over his playbook to LaFleur. I mean, LaFleur can go look at the film and draw that up. Um, it all sounds well and dandy, but th- 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 they just need to do what they do better. They don't need an influx of new plays. Um, I could see this offense looking like Miami maybe next year or the year after, but these kids are young. They have to learn how to play football in the NFL. They have to learn how to win one-on-one matchups. They have to know how to find those holes. And that's, you know, Jason brought up Musgrave. That's not something you learn over over night. That that comes from film study and watching uh, guys like Kittle, guys like Kelsey. Back in the day, I used to watch um, Jay Novacek and Brent Jones um, and Keith Jackson because Keith was – unbelievable at uh, turning his hips a certain way to get the defender to go opposite of where he wants to go. That's how you become better as a tight end. Not taking plays from Miami as a rookie and trying to infuse that into your offense. So so you think it is more of, yes, this is the goal, this is what they are going to try to do, than 
eh, we're kind of fibbing to ourselves right now. Yeah. We're kind of fibbing to ourselves about what we're capable of this season, or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both, but, I mean, look at the defensive side of the ball. You know, everyone was talking during OTAs and things like that in training camp of, oh, this is going to be a different style of defense. Have you really seen that big of a difference? I mean, leopards don't change their spots, right? You you can have a little twist here and there, but ultimately you're not going to blow it up and say, hey, we're going to run Miami's office because ours isn't working. And all of a sudden we're going to be good. just doesn't work like that. This is what we should, and this is what we talked about, before the season even started with a young team. And there was too much buildup in camp. You know, you could tell back during training camp, Jason was getting frustrated with like, oh, look at Musgrave. He's unbelievable. It just doesn't work like that, you know? I mean, look at how much better you are, Jen, on TV as opposed to when you just for uh, Did you start in Rockford? Was that your very first job? Yep. I mean, look how much better you are. Right. You know? It's the same as football. It's really the same with everything. The more you do it, the more comfortable you come. You figure things out. You, you, you watch other people in the business, and that's how you get better. Are you on the – and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, are you in the camp, though, that like adding Aaron Jones this weekend should give them the shot in the arm that they need? Because I am. My issue, of course, is how are they going to use Aaron Jones? Because we heard this week that he has a tweak. And a tweak does not make me feel real great about how they're going to use Aaron Jones because it would appear, and this is something that Homer's been banging, this is a drum he's been banging for the last week or so, that either the perception is that Aaron Jones cannot handle the workload of being the number one back on an NFL team, or, and this is what Homer says, the coaching staff are a bunch of idiots. Like, it's one or the other in Homer's mind. I'm not sure I want to go that far to the extreme, but it is curious. It is confusing. It is something that has us scratching our heads. If you know that Aaron Jones is your number one guy, if you know he's the most explosive and the most productive guy on your offense, why aren't you using him more? Yeah, I think A.J. Dillon has been a disappointment. We kind of knew that going into the season, and I think the coaching staff expected more from him, and they're not getting it, and that's why they signed uh, Robinson. The thing about young guys also, because I went through this, young guys get intimidated intimidated when you play on the on the road, and when there's nothing but young guys, you have no one to look to and be like, let's go, third and six, someone needs to make a play here. Young guys are typically quiet. Bringing Aaron Jones back may ease, because it is. I mean, going to Denver, uh, even though they stink, it's a tough place to play. Um, it's going to be loud. It's just intimidating. Even though the, a lot of these guys played in big-time college programs, this is just a different different beast. And having him out there kind of gives guys, and even, even um, Jordan Love, a security blanket. Because I played with guys, Jen, that were great at home, when they were young, but disappear on the road. Just totally disappear. The line for the game this weekend, Joshy reminds me, is one. Packers are favored by one. Again, we always talk about how on the road, uh, usually you're a dog on the road. Uh, but also the Broncos have been horrible. Yeah, they're not. You know, save one game this year. They've been really, really lousy. So that doesn't give me a lot of confidence 
headed into this game. Now that, of course, could change, and oftentimes the line does shift as we get a little closer to kickoff. Maybe just a guarantee that Aaron Jones will be out there is enough to continue moving it in the Packers' direction. But this Aaron Jones thing is a real mystery to me, Chew. I just cannot figure out what the internal narrative is, what the perception of his him is in that building. Because we can see it with our eyes. We are watching when he is out there. He's a difference maker. He gives that offense another dimension. And so I'm shocked every time I look at a game log that has Aaron Jones with nine carries, eight carries, seven carries, ten carries. Like, what is that? I don't. It, it must be that they think if they give him more than that, and that's to say nothing of how much he contributes in the receiving game, which also is not as significant as you might think. I think this year, Josh, you tell me if I'm wrong, I think this year he only has three catches. Now, again, he's been out for a number of games. But if I remember correctly, it was like two catches in one game and one catch in another game. And one of those was for like 51 yards or something crazy like that. So it skewed the receiving numbers. Three receptions, 82 yards, yep. and a touchdown. And with 51 a was one of them, right? Yeah. That was the 51 that's skewing those numbers uh, if you're looking at the average. Um, I just I don't understand why other teams around the league ride a guy. Right? Yeah. I why mean, don't the-, the Packers ride him? I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be ridden. He, know- he knows that's all they got. And I'm just talking about the psyche of the player. They ask him to take a pay cut. Um, there's a good chance he won't be back here next year. So he's playing for, for for a contract. A lot of guys, you know, and I played with, and I'm not saying Aaron Jones is this type of guy, but they're like, they, they kind of get hurt, bent out of shape because of it, where you ask me to take a pay cut, but you want me to carry the entire load. And there's chances I'm not going to be here next year. So where he signed a deal, what, three, four years ago for a good amount of money, he's like, okay, you love me. I'm going to play if I'm 90%. I'm going to play if I'm 87%. Now with that, he feels – and again, I'm not saying Aaron Jones is like this, but I played with guys like, well, they haven't been really loyal to me. So now I'm not going to play unless I'm 94%. Or I'm 97%. Some guys think like that. And I've been around guys that think like that. Um, And then the other possibility for his lack of production, normally defensive coordinators go into a game and say, all right, who are we going to shut down? Well, the receivers are young. Let's just do what we do. And let's just stop Aaron Jones. That could be another reason. Uh, You know, I I don't know, but it is. I, I didn't realize his numbers were... That insignificant. We'll continue to talk about Aaron Jones and the Green Bay Packers game plan headed into the Broncos game this weekend as Jen, Gabe, and Chewy rolls on. I'll figure out how to mute my computer that's over here chirping at me, just singing at me. It's got an ad. I don't know. I got. I can't find the button. I'm trying. I'm hitting them all. doesn't work. Just hit the refresh button. Oh, yeah. You and the yesterday. refresh button. You just met the refresh <laughs> button. Now you think it's the greatest thing in the world. I heard all about you and the refresh. <laughs> we refreshed the show right after this.